0: And in the gathering gloom of those evenings, we all grew closer. I ceased to be the Zanagush. I became Saul Indian Horse, Ojibwe Kid, and Hockey Player. I became a brother. Intro you think deep deep. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome back to Book Snobs, the podcast where we read the book and then talk shit about the movie. Usually, my name's Christina. I'm Andrea, and I'm Marissa.
2: And today we are discussing Indian Horse um, by Richard Wagamese or I guess I should say the book is by Richard Wagamese and um, the 2018 film directed by Stephen Campanelli Um Before we get into what this is about, we do have some content warnings on this one. Uh, This deals with the Canadian residential school system, child abuse and death, sexual assault, and um, contains a lot of racial slurs. Uh, With that being said... The novel centers on Saul Indian Horse, a First Nations boy from Ontario, who survives the residential school system and becomes a talented hockey player, only for his past traumas to resurface in his adulthood.
1: Yeah, so this was a pretty heavy book. Oh yeah, and heavy Very story, heavy. just in general. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I I was telling Christina when I got here, I started listening to it on on my drive home, mm-hmm. and um. It got to once he's in the residential school and he's just describing all the horrors. Like, you get a good couple of chapters on just like the mm-hmm. worst things you've ever heard. <laughs> and, um, And I was like, I was like sitting there like driving and I'm like, I can't just start sobbing because I'm trying to drive. (laughs) But I'm also like, I need to just like cry. And I was like running low on gas. I was like, I'm just going to go get gas and and just cry in my car for a moment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is horrible. I was meant to listen to to this um, on like a public transport and then mm-hmm. I was like, mm, maybe not. So I decided maybe not to. Maybe not. And I'm really glad I didn't because I would have been sitting there just crying in front of a bunch of strangers. And I'm like, I don't think I want to do that right now.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I did both. I was listening and reading at the same time. And thankfully, mm-hmm. I don't go anywhere ever. So I was just <laughs> home the whole time. But um, it was really, I mean, you hear a lot about it and... um I would say in what I do, I have a lot of um, Canadian clients. Uh, a lot of my clients are work with First Nations people or are First Nations. And so um, this was kind of a familiar story for me.
1: Yeah. I feel like that, I mean, having grown up in the Americas, that just kind of is the story that you learn you know what I mean like that I mean at least Mm -hmm. if you're being taught correctly (laughs) because you know then you'll also get the get the like oh the Catholics came in and like saved everyone but it's just like no, no y'all did some horrible (laughs) fucked up shit to Native Americans that were yeah like you hear the stories and you kind of especially like I I feel like in California Southern California you do hear that you do like at least for us in um where we are. This is we are on Chumash Land. Mm-hmm. So we hear, we do get to learn a lot about the Chumash, but it is definitely a very whitewashed mm-hmm. version of it, you know. And we mm-hmm. just like, oh, we learn about the missions and we learn about um, you know, like just kind of like how the Chumash lived their lives. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, now it's like modern time and no one really talks about like I don't know. So Nikki, yeah, but any a little bit of digging, you kind of see how fucked up it all was and it was yeah and i yeah i don't i'm not sure that i really knew about residential schools until more recently yeah mm-hmm. like
0: so like obviously i knew that um, like you were saying like there was something else that had gone on like we knew that things that had happened were not okay and the the story we hear is not not what actually happened and then when mm-hmm. i learned about the residential schools and all of the the kids that they were finding like that, that was a lot. (laughs) And then I think that that's why when I, when I, um, and, and yeah, like it sucked that, like, I didn't know about that Mm -hmm. until I, until I heard about like the, the kids being found. And, um, but I think that's part of the reason why, like I had, I literally had to pull over to just cry for a little bit because as I was listening to it, I started thinking about all the kids they'd found. And I thought, and I was just like, "This is real. Like, this is a um, this is a fictional story. Like, this isn't his story, but the things that he described in there are things that happened. You know, exactly, right? Yeah. And that's like what was so heartbreaking.
2: And it's just one of those things that make you think about when this occurred. I mean, this story was set in the '60s, and it's just like it w- some of, of these ago. schools were open through what like." 70s 80s and it's just like you want to think about this story as having happened a long long time ago because of how horrible it is and it's just like no
0: yeah I I had the same thought because I was like oh this is a long time ago and then he's like then he says like oh some some men pulled up in cars and I was like cars
1: yeah and they're like
0: oh and we were watching hockey on TV and I was like
1: on a TV yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's hard to think about you know survivors still being around Mm -hmm. and yeah this still very much being something that affects people's daily lives yeah 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 Yeah. exactly and i mean even like we kind of um we didn't we obviously you know Dreas and he and i are here together and we're like um we try not to talk too much about the book or the movie Mm -hmm. off pod but um i think Dreas, you had mentioned that you're like oh yeah that you pointed out with um, whenever Saul comes back to the Kelly home and he talks to Virgil and Virgil who didn't go through you know, didn't um, have to go through residential school, he still kind of talks about, he's still obviously traumatized from it Mm -hmm. because of what his parents went through. So it's just, it's one of those things that doesn't just go away just because you you weren't personally in there, you know, it still affects your family history and you still have to grow up watching the way that that abuse affected your parents, you know?
2: Right. And to think too that like, his parents, so the Kellys went through it. And like you said, Virgil didn't, but Saul is younger and he did. So it's just like, you know, you think about the fact that it it was, yeah, I mean, it was still happening. Like when his parents went through it, it's like, you want to think that that was the end. But then no, like it, even for Saul being younger, like what that must be like, I think for Virgil to be like... I didn't deal with that. My parents did. And even someone younger than me has had to go through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's, I don't know, it's just, it's, I mean, put it lightly, it's fucked up. Like, you know, there's no, like, goddamn. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. The the whole first part of that book was just really Mm -hmm. hard to get through. And Mm I, I like... Like Marissa, when when we did Horns, you said that like the the whole book is just so bleak and it's like kind of Mm -hmm. hopeless and everything. And that's how it felt, you know, like that whole first part, like it's just like hit after hit, like he can't catch a break. Like his, first it's his sister, then it's his brother, then it's his parents, then it's his grandma. And then he's in the residential school and it's just... yeah. Just that whole all, that entire first part was just so hard to get through, and then I like um, Christina was listening to it, and I was already at, like pretty far ahead of her, and I like looked over at her, and she was crying, and she was like the grandma died, and I was like oh it
1: gets so it much gets
0: worse, so much
1: worse. Yeah, that's kind of that was a that was a continuing uh, theme where she would. She was, like, way ahead of me, like she said. Um, And every now and then she'd, like, look over at me and I'm just sitting there crying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to get through. Um, But, I mean, ultimately, like, while this, obviously this is his story and his trauma and everything, you do get a lot of really beautiful descriptions both when he's with his family, like, just describing, like, what they're doing, what they're seeing. Like, I, I felt like I could mm-hmm. see what they were seeing and smell mm-hmm. what they were smelling. Yeah. Yeah. And then it goes into, like, later once he's found hockey, like, I don't know the game. I know, Marissa, mm-hmm. you do, right? I yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the game. And I, I, I just, it's never been something that interested me. But during that whole thing, when he's playing, I was like, wow, that sounds cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah you you hear you hear the passion behind it Uh you hear that like Mm -hmm. even uh richard uh wagami's like you could tell that guy was very into hockey because just the way he talks about it the way he writes about it is like so beautifully put and Mm -hmm. there's so much passion Mm -hmm. in it and it's like wow you know you can't help but like You know, even like, yeah, like Drew said, I don't know the game either. I don't watch hockey, but like, you just listen to it. Yeah. It's very like, Ooh, like that sounds cool. And yeah, you just kind of can't help but get wrapped up in that passion I'm glad
2: you both felt that way because I was reading it and listening to it and I was getting excited and just like feeling that feeling of just like watching a really good hockey game or just the passion of being a hockey fan. And it was exciting for me. And I was just like, I hope it's not horribly boring (laughs) for them to don't watch hockey. So
1: it is just, I think, a testament to...
0: How good of a writer he was. Mm-hmm. It was all the writing. It yeah, was great.
1: for sure. He definitely didn't make it boring. You know, no. he made it entertaining. Good. He made it exciting. Uh, yes, exciting. That's yeah. the word. Yeah
0: like it, and I think also like that sort of some of the things that he talks about is is like you know like the feeling of like the air and it feels like you're flying and I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like we can all kind of relate to that feeling in some way or another whether it's like the first time you learn how to ride a bike or or yeah. you know going on a roller coaster or something so it's like you, you you can be familiar with those sorts of feelings without without really understanding the game yeah or playing having played mm-hmm. the game True. Um,
2: And it's nice because in all of the horrible shit he's talking about and like the one thing that was important, too, that um, we didn't touch on is like he speaks English when he gets there. Mm -hmm. And he's one of the maybe only kids who speaks English when he gets there. And so at the beginning, he doesn't really belong in either camp. You know, he's Mm -hmm. like the, the other kids don't really see, they, they call him Zanagush because they think he's like the white man because he speaks English. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. And, and yet he's like, I don't connect with these people. Like I'm native, you know? And, and so it's just like, it's, it's even harder that he doesn't really fit in anywhere when he first gets there. Um, And then just the hockey provides just like finally some moment of light. I mean, we find out <laughs> yeah. obviously yeah. later uh, more about that. But it's it's just it was nice because at least in the beginning, you're like, oh, there's some escape, some
1: happiness yeah. in all mm-hmm. of this. Which, again, I think is why not being like hockey fans, you kind of. You like it, you know what I mean? Because it is that escape for him. And for you, that also kind of as the reader, that also (laughs) becomes an escape for you from all Mm -hmm. the horrible shit that's going on. So it it does it. Yeah, it just has the same effect. Obviously, not to the degree of having to live it, but it has the same effect of being an escape and being something like beautiful that he's doing, you know? Yeah. So his parents both went, no, it wasn't both his parents, it was his mom that went to a residential school, correct? I don't, I, I don't remember I don't remember I don't remember either <laughs> <laughs> I know that he talks about his mom Yes Being like basically Kind of carrying the trauma with her Yeah um, And obviously not wanting her kids to go mm-hmm. um, But then she, they also have And I think he mentions an, And I might be wrong on this But doesn't he, does he also mention like an aunt Talking about like Jesus and God and stuff Am I wrong? I know
0: he has, like, yeah, his aunt and uncle that are there whenever his brother dies, right? Um, But I don't really remember if they were.
1: Because I know that one, someone aside, uh, like, aside from his mom, uh, basically calls his grandmother, like, a heathen. Mm. Or, like.
2: Yeah, I remember, like, that was something that was um, important that. I don't remember what the his parents connection was with school, but just that he indicated that they had been taken by the, you know, quote, white man's drink and that they had become like very Christian or mm-hmm. Catholic. And yeah, uh, we're starting, you know, we're looking down on the grandma and them for doing things the
1: old way. Right. Yeah. And I just kind of, I wanted to sort of touch on that because I feel like to me reading it, I was like, how, how, like, how do you find yourself being that devoutly like Christian and Catholic or whatever the hell when like the reason your son is dying is that he was taken by by these people and forced into a school? Like he was stolen from you. Then how do you get, you know what I mean? Like, how do you turn around and be like, oh no, that's the God that we should be worshiping.
2: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense and I feel like it's hard because we see that now. I mean, even now the I guess hypocrisy that exists in like Christianity and yeah. how people who are maybe looked down upon in that religion how even some of those people can be so devoutly christian or catholic and i think it's maybe just a part of the like brainwashing that yeah goes on I mean, with it i don't know
1: yeah ultimately that's like the only explanation is that, that they've obviously been brainwashed and that the residential schools are you know having the effect that they want to have which is that yeah you know they're pulling people away from the cultures that have existed for forever and making yeah. them christian
2: um like i highlighted a couple pieces like when the brother died and um the quote like something that his mom had said um and when they were trying to like take his body away um And she said, you have no say. He is my son. He will have the rights of the church. We'll take this rice that cost him his life and we'll sell it and buy him a coffin. And he will have a proper burial, not out here, not stuck in some hole in the earth. But it's like, is that not the same bullshit? (laughs) You're just putting him in a box in a hole in the earth?
1: Like, what the fuck? And and it's funny that she, not funny, but... She tries to blame the rice when it's like, it wasn't the rice that killed him. It was the residential schools. He got tuberculosis from the school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's it's frustrating. It's super frustrating. And And I think he even has a line when he's in the residential school where he says something about how he doesn't understand how the God that they preach about is allowing all this stuff to happen. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And you have to think like, for the people running the school... And anybody who's, you know, all colonization, like, do you actually have a belief in God and actually believe that you're doing the right thing? Or is this all in the name of a God, but it's about other things? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think kind of going back to that conversation we were having, um, about Lee and Horns how we were like oh how he was like devoutly christian but was he really because he was like a piece of shit yeah and like did he really believe and so it just makes you think like for the people that are so into it in that way where do your beliefs actually lie like mm-hmm. yeah have you convinced yourself that this is what it actually means to be a good person like i don't get it
1: mhm yeah I cannot offer any insight on that because I don't get it either. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think, like, to an extent,
0: it might be that, that, like, they think that they're doing the right thing by, like, forcing them into the religion because they think that that's what's going to bring them salvation. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, I don't understand how you could treat anybody the way that those kids were treated there. Mm -hmm. Like, I work with kids and, yeah, And I mean, you don't have to work with kids to treat anybody with, with kindness because everybody should be treated with kindness, but I couldn't imagine doing anything to hurt the kids that I work with. I scratch yeah. them on accident and I'm, and I go downstairs to the parents and I'm like, I'm so sorry. He has a mark right here. I'm so sorry. Like I did not mean to scratch yeah. him. I'm so
1: sorry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. And that's a scratch. Like kids get hurt all the time. Yeah, so it's just okay. like, yeah, I don't understand how you can work, how someone can be in charge of working with kids and actually have a desire or a not just an indifference to the pain they're being put through.
1: Yeah. And I think that just kind of ultimately comes down to them just not viewing indigenous people as human. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I think you're I mean, right.
1: I don't know if we want to go into it, but like we had, you know, in the beginning of the, the excerpt that we read at the beginning of the pod, um, one of our contenders, there's a line where Saul is talking about how he says, when your innocence is stripped from you, when your people are denigrated and the family you came from is denounced and your tribal ways and rituals are pronounced backwards, primitive, savage, you come to see yourself as less than human. So, I mean, you know, like that is yeah. kind of the point that I'm sure the the schools are kind of making, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That you're not mm-hmm. human. You're not worthy of being treated as such. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Like one thing I highlighted, not as an excerpt quote, but um, just something that upset me was when they're talking to Lonnie, and, and like trying to change his name or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, as she's hitting him and then says, obedience is the measure of our worthiness. Here you will learn to be worthy. Do you hear me? And I'm just like, uh, yeah. it's just heartbreaking and infuriating to read something yeah. like that and know that people believe that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. In that same scene, there's the scene where they, they have their hair cut. Yeah. And Saul mentions looking over at Lonnie and just seeing big tears running down his face. And it's just like, it's just so heartbreaking to know that Yes, yeah. again, you know, like we mentioned before, even though this is not a real story, this is a very, all the events, you know, it's just, it's happened. This is shit that happened. Um, and yeah, and then him just kind of, you know, saying, no, like Lonnie's my dad's name. Yeah. yeah. Like, obviously he doesn't want to let that go. and, it's,
2: <sighs> Yeah. And to just have them be like, no, he's a heathen. Yeah. He's impure. Like, God is your only father now. Like, gross. That's so fucking backwards. Yeah, Yeah, this one was a tough one. Yeah. This was tough. This was a really tough one. It was really, uh, it was a really good book though. Like I, I know we're not quite at the end of the book yet, but like, um, It's one of those things, again, I don't know if enjoyable is the word because it's so hard and sad, but it's a good, it was very well well done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very well told story. And important.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Very much. Again, you know, like we were saying at the beginning, you don't, we, we aren't told this history. No. So it's definitely important for these stories to be told.
0: And for people to read them and listen and, and, and learn from them and, you know, the empathy.
2: Yeah. Which is why too, I'm glad we're doing it too. If there's anybody who doesn't know that this is something that happened and, um, the way that things were in these residential schools and the way indigenous people were treated. And obviously the way that they're still treated is fucking awful. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's why it's good that we're we're telling it too, and that we didn't read this and shy away from like oh, this is too hard. I don't want to do this, you know, yeah. like
1: which mind you, I understand if maybe you're in a place where that's not not something you can handle right yeah, now. Yeah. Right, you absolutely have to be in the right space to, yeah.
0: <laughs> to yeah. be
1: able to consume media like this. Absolutely. And I mean, we're not going to get super graphic with like the details mm-hmm. just cuz they're they're just so horrible. No. Um so I would if you are able to if you are in a place where you can, you know, stomach the all the abuse that these children went through, um we would highly recommend that you read the book. Um
0: yeah, the the movie is, is a good movie and oh no, we're not getting into it. Just yet. Just yet. Like, um, it's a good movie and it, it does obviously go into The abuse, but it it did kind of you know skip over. It was a little lighter, (laughs) yeah, a little lighter in it, yeah. And and even the book wasn't necessarily super graphic, yeah. Um, but you do hear more stories and more Mm -hmm. and and more detail than you get in in the movie, like with the soap thing. Yeah, you see it in the movie, but it doesn't go as far as it does in the book right exactly <laughs> yeah and it's just like i mean i you know she pulled out the soap and i was like no 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 i and know then it, I, I know happened. my
1: heart dropped when she pulled out the soap i was like no we're like we're gonna see this and yeah then, and then exactly. it didn't happen and i was like okay thank god yeah <laughs>
0: like I, I didn't yeah i didn't want to but yeah um definitely the book is a little bit more a little more detailed in to, that yeah aspect, yeah rough yeah. to get through Um, But, yeah, like you said, if if you're able to stomach it, it's a well-told story. And I think a story that everyone should know, Mm -hmm. at least to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
2: And, like, the thing, too, is even when we get the sort of escape of hockey and, you know, he's... So good at hockey that like he basically keeps getting offers to kind of move up like he gets to move out of the school and that's his escape. He gets to move in with the Kellys and then he's so good there that he gets picked up by, you know, he gets scouted, uh, right? He gets scouted, but then he's faced with the outside world. Of racism and playing this game that, you know, he said the white men think it's for them. It's mm-hmm, their game. Yeah. And so then he's fucking faced with the racism of the real world. Yeah. Too. And yeah. it's it's just so hard because
1: you see them take away his love for the game
2: pretty yeah. much.
1: Yeah.
0: That
2: was, yeah. It's
1: absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. Again, you know, we mentioned all the passion that goes into the writing and the way he describes the hockey. And then to know that that like that love, that passion was basically beaten out of him by mm-hmm. fucking racists. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah. so heartbreaking. You, and you can like feel the light leave the book.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> like it's, it's just, it's so sad because you can tell that he doesn't want to like he doesn't want to be this way and he doesn't want to like lose his love for it and he wants to play it the way it's supposed to be played but they're not letting him play it the way it's supposed to be played. You know, they yeah. just keep fighting dirty and no matter how he reacts, he's the bad guy. You yeah. know whether he doesn't have a reaction or he does have a reaction, he's the bad guy. So he's like, Yeah fuck it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I mean I'll say from a hockey fan standpoint We love to watch a fight. It's (laughs) fine sometimes when people play dirty, but also not everybody plays like that. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. And so, like, I'm thinking about, like, my favorite player who's not a fighter and who's smaller and faster. And so he's not, like, a big guy. And so, like, I'm thinking about that situation of, like, what would make him kind of completely turn that around, you know, and be a different type of player, mm-hmm. which I know is way beyond again from people who probably don't give a shit about hockey. It's like, who cares? <laughs> but, um, yeah. So for, for him to kind of change that, like he wasn't like that at all. He wasn't a fighter. He just wanted to fucking play the game and he was good at it. And for them to push him into, what is it? one hundred twenty. Penalty minutes in just a certain a couple games like that's a crazy crazy high amount.
1: (laughs) I wouldn't know, but yeah, Yeah. that makes I mean that makes sense. (laughs) I did want to ask because as we were watching the movie, um, whenever he first gets to the Kellys and meets Virgil, um, Virgil says, "Oh, he's small." And I I mean, in the book, he is described as being you know pretty small, Mm -hmm. um, and. But in the movie, he's kind of bigger. It seems like, right, and I was like, "Is that is that small for for a hockey player? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean,
2: kind. I mean, there. It, it really varies. There are smaller hockey players, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are just because it is. A lot of them can be it, giant. I mean, because
1: you're in there, you're fighting. You're yeah, you're. Um, so I was gonna yeah, add, is it like meant to be a contact sport?
2: Oh yeah, okay. definitely, definitely Again, a contact know sport. About hockey. <laughs> It's it's a contact sport for sure. And it's that's okay. I'll admit. So in the beginning, I was kind of like, bro, you're playing hockey, like get in there and fuck some people up. It's fine, you know, but, you know, because you get checked, you get pushed up against the boards, you're you're fighting your way through. So it's I'll say, okay, I don't watch football, Um, (laughs) but like the do it's okay. It's more of a contact sport than football, I would say, because... Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I think it's more of a contact sport than football is, uh, from what I understand of football. Um, which is not much, but I watch hockey. <laughs> so yeah, it is It is a contact sport, to answer your question in a yeah. long way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's helpful. Um, do we want to go into, because my next note just kind of says the feeling Saul had when he's leaving about the priest. Um well do we want to yeah we don't have to go into that right now right now if we don't if we're not ready let's just dive in first to the alcoholism maybe okay okay
0: yeah
2: and then wait hold and then we'll get there uh,
0: okay <laughs> well i mean first of all i feel like we should say that like after he loses his love for the game yes he decides to leave so was he playing for the nhl
2: I, I think effectively it was the a- AHL, which AHL. is like the minor leagues to the, I see. you know, okay. they call it a feeder team. So it's like the minor leagues to the
0: NHL. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, he's playing, I guess, professionally, but minor leagues. Um, yeah. After that's when he starts to lose that light. Cause everyone is just abusing him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he, um, decides to leave and starts finding small jobs here and there. And he, um, yeah, it becomes a high-functioning
1: high functioning alcoholic. Um, mm-hmm. Which, it's it's one of those things where obviously, like, no one wants to be an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you kind of can't blame him. Like, you kind of, it, there's a lot of, I don't know if it's just, you know, feeling a lot of empathy towards him because you know what he's been through. Mm-hmm. But you kind of watch him go down that road and say, like, yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah, he had, yeah. like, turned to something. And unfortunately, it wasn't
0: a great thing to turn to and yeah. he struggle yeah. because of it. But yeah, like yeah, you I mean that goes with anyone falling into alcoholism or that's true yeah, addiction. Of, yeah. Like yeah. The, you you can't put that blame on that person. For sure. Um but yeah in this case you especially like you just see it. Like yeah. it's like and
1: I feel like yeah there's just like yeah. a lot of like understanding and in, in like why he would end up there. Mm-hmm. yeah and again it's not like oh like he chose to go that way it's just like this is how he coped with a really fucked up situation you know his coping mechanism before that would have been hockey would have been the community stop mm-hmm. from playing hockey and i think that's and that's then that got of, taken away yeah and i feel like that's kind of the issue with you know when he was playing hockey with other um you know first nations people that you know they have that kinship of and yeah. not even necessarily just the kinship, it's just the the acceptance and mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. And then you get put into a situation where you're not accepted just because of who you are. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And even though you're, you know, good at what you're doing, you're just not being accepted because of the color of your skin mm-hmm. and your, yeah. your name. So then he's just, you know, they, there's a lot of talk about how he would go into um, like white spaces mm-hmm. and like the names were ridiculed, you know what I mean? Like the, their yeah. names were like made fun of. He, you know, there's a lot of talk about how he was called like Lone Ranger and Tonto and stuff. And it's just like, uh-huh. so it's, I mean, I can't imagine feeling kind of going back to that feeling of being isolated. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. he, he finally like had a family for for a
0: bit you know going mm-hmm. to yeah. the Kelly's home and and um, he had like uh, in our excerpt you know he says I was a brother you know he was mm-hmm. he was family there with them um, and then and I think that's part of the reason why he seemed hesitant to leave initially right when yeah. he first got scouted like I think yeah. he, I think he kind of to an extent knew that he wasn't going to have his brothers you know and, yeah. Yeah. And, um, but they all kind of pressured him into it because they're like, you can make it big time. <laughs> and he could. I think yeah. Yeah, he absolutely had yeah. the skills. Um, but yeah, just like you're saying, like he, he lost that family and went back to being like the reserved, quiet boy just taking all of the abuse.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that kind of leads into what you were starting to talk about, Christine. I mean, we see him struggle with the alcoholism. We see him kind of hit rock bottom and then go to the new Dawn Center, which is like a rehabilitation center specifically for First Nations people. Um, and he's starting to try to find some r- relief, I guess, some some mm-hmm. help. And I mean... Which is kind of how the story
1: begins. Yeah. With him right, him you being know, there by kind of telling his story because it will hopefully help him heal and mm-hmm. kind of, you know... Ugh. So, yeah. And then at that point, once he starts returning, he kind of goes on a little bit of a pilgrimage almost where he kind of visits the residential school. Sorry. There's a crying dog in the back. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> All right, it's our downstairs neighbor. Um,
0: I think he read the book too. Yeah. He, he must have. <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah, so he we go. He goes back to uh, the residential school, uh, and he goes back. He goes somewhere else, doesn't he? Or is it just a Residential, school, residential school. You know, he goes to um, the God's land, like where his right. family was. Right. Yes. From. Yes. Yes. To back to where his family is from, um, and that's when he sort of. I don't know how to... I don't even know how to describe it. Like, I guess he... I don't want to call it a realization, but he sort of... I, I feel like he just kind of comes
0: to terms with the fact that he was sexually abused by the father that...
1: Mm-hmm. you know, It's like was, a re- re- you know, recovered... Uncovered, recovered memory. Yeah. When being at yeah. the school. It seems like he def. It seems like he was sort of suppressing that up until that point. Mm-hmm. And... Which, again, you know, you can't really sit there and blame him because... The father in the up until this point, you kind of see him as like an ally,
2: as the you know, only the one,
1: one who, yeah, yeah, as the only adult up until the you know at the residential school anyway that was helping him out and who showed him kindness, who showed him um, you know
0: a way out,
2: yeah. Yeah, who wanted to help him. And you go on like, oh, he's a good guy. Like, I'm so happy he has this person who actually, like, sees him and cares about him. Yeah. And then, yeah, you find out that he has that uncovered memory, recovered memory of being sexually abused by him. Mm -hmm. And it's just
1: like, fuck, could this get worse? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I feel like, and what, what I think the point I was starting to make whenever I first brought that up was that he has, he talks about feeling sad at leaving him, at leaving the priest behind. And he talks about how they had their, their final meeting whenever, um, he was, he went to go watch him play hockey Uh once he was older and out of the residential school. And he says something about how, how he felt sad that he was leaving and that he like kind of, I don't, and I don't remember the words he used, but basically just kind of feeling bad about it, about knowing that he's not going to see him again. Yeah. And so kind of when you have, when you, as the reader, find out that he has been abused by this man, it kind of, it, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what. Yeah, I like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what, what I'm trying to say here. Just kind of like, you kind of, again, because it's abuse, you can't really like, fault him for having these confusing feelings
2: about Yeah. The I mean, I, I have the scene up. Um, mm-hmm. Just like this part where he says, um, it's going to, it's not, I'm not going to get graphic, but um, when he knelt down and cradled me in his arms, I felt no shame or fear. I only felt love. I wanted so much to be held and stroked. And I won't get into yeah. this part yeah. but then he says um i thought of my grandmother the warmth of her arms holding me i missed that so much and it's just like yeah. he hasn't had yeah. that love from like a parental figure from an older adult in so long and
0: it's heartbreaking he he accepted it in a inappropriate way of course um but that was the closest thing that he could find to it, and
1: that's what he took and accepted as as that love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Yeah, I think that's just what makes it, like, even more heartbreaking, knowing that this child needed that love. Mm-hmm. I mean, not obviously not in that, that way. Not that love, but not needed that kind of love, love. But He, he needed, needed love. love, yeah. Yeah, he needed love. Mm-hmm. He needed someone
0: to hold him and, you know, tell him it's going to be okay. And yeah. yeah. And instead... He got abuse. He got a predator.
2: Yeah. And I, w- I was worried because in the beginning, I wanted to be distrustful of everybody. Yeah. And yeah. especially you think, like, it It didn't... That didn't really cross my mind. I mean, we did... There was a scene where he talks about them yeah. coming into the rooms, you know, into the dorms. But it's never explicitly stated that LeBoutilier is a was, part of that. Yeah. And... I wanted the beginning to be distrustful of him, but then I was just like, no, he's just a good guy. Like he's actually the only one who cares and like everybody, you know, and getting to that, it's so heartbreaking and disappointing. And even though it's not a real nonfiction story, you just know that this happened and it's just like, it feels like a fucking rock in your stomach, like to get, to get there.
0: Yeah. It was definitely a rough read. And again, I know we're not into the movie yet, but like, I, and again, the movie's not super graphic about it, Yeah, but you do see it in the movie. Um, and I think that one, to an extent, I think was a little bit harder to stomach because he just, he looks so small. Yeah, he's so and, small. And we know he yeah. is so small. Like he's like, what, nine or something when he's in the school? Isn't and he like he's eight, eight, and eight seven, when he gets eight? there, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. I think he's yeah. eight when he gets there. Yeah. no, yeah, 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 I think you're mm-hmm. right. Um, and I mean, he, when he's adopted out, you know... He's in his teens at that point, right? He's only 13, yeah, he's I thirteen, I think, when
2: he leaves. Wow! So he's a fucking baby.
0: Yeah, like yeah.
1: But yeah, when they show it in the movie, it's like he's just he's just so small. And we we had spent like the whole movie just be like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. Like Hello. Yeah, he's like, he's so I know. So, <laughs> so adorable. Look <laughs> like at the cutest little face, and he's just like,
0: yeah. And then when you
1: see it, it's.
0: Like I just, you can't even.
1: I I genuinely, to be completely honest with you, because I didn't even look up. I like when this when I knew what was going to about to happen. I was like, I can't look at this, and I just kind of like got on my phone because I was like, I don't want to see it. I don't yeah. want to yeah. see what. Yeah, they're not super graphic about yeah.
2: it. No. But, yeah,
0: no. And but yeah, you you get you see just enough to know what's happening. So
2: I'll be honest. I when I watched it, I had maybe like two chapters left of the book. Like mm-hmm. I was. Almost done with it, but I hadn't yet gotten to that scene in the book. So when I watched it play out in the movie, I was like, this better not be in the fucking book. This better be. (laughs) I hope that this is a a, a creative addition because if if the one fucking adult in this school, like I was so upset. And so then I, obviously, as soon as we finished it, I went to finish reading it and I was like, fuck, like to get to that scene. I was like, oh man. Yeah. It was hard. Especially because, I mean, I don't know if we're, we want to start, I mean, we're talking about the movie, but yeah, we could just get into the movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean that actors, like, it's weird to talk about it in this context now, but Michael Huisman or whatever, who played that, who played the father, Mm -hmm. Is like mm-hmm. kind of attractive, you know. So like my yeah. first note yeah. was like, "Oh, Father Lubotelli is a cutie," and then I like by no. the end I was like, "Oh no,
1: yeah, no." I know he came up, and Drez and I were both like, "Oh, it's it's Dario Naharis." Yeah. Well, technically we were like, "Oh, it's that guy," and then I had to look up who he was. Yeah, we we're, we're, were sitting
0: there <laughs> being like, "I can't remember his name, but we know it's a weird one." <laughs> yeah,
2: you know what's funny about that? So um, I didn't directly recognize him i was like this guy seems familiar and i know that i've seen this actor before um but i didn't look anything up i just saw his name in the credits and mm-hmm. as i've told you both um, jesse and i right now are re-watching game of thrones yeah and literally yesterday after the movie we got to the we're at the episode where the actor for dario switches and it's him oh, now yeah. <laughs> and i was like hold on a second.
1: (laughs) I was like, (laughs) that's the pervert priest. Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) It was like, wait, we just saw him. Um, So weird timing for that since we're just now watching that. Um, Yeah. I mean, it it was pretty on par. I mean, there wasn't really anything that was
0: off story. Um, Yeah. It was pretty close to the original story. um, Which I appreciate. Um, and like we said, it's not super graphic, which is good because then it's it makes for an easier watch. It's not so painful to see. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but at the same time, again, like we were saying before, like, these stories need to be told. And I kind of wish we did go into them a little bit more to an extent. Again, like, I'm glad I didn't have to see it and watch it because I didn't yeah. want to. Yeah. Um, but for people... Who don't read the book and just watch the movie, and maybe don't know the whole story? You know, I think that it maybe just doesn't feel as gut wrenching. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, I always I do appreciate that the sorry. Oh no, <laughs> to go ahead. Interrupt. But I, I do appreciate that that they um, at the end were they just at the end of the movie. They talk about the people's stories, and you can hear oh, them the people telling yeah. the stories, and they, and you can they show you where you can go to hear their stories,
2: and the, so I the appreciate that. details about <laughs> yes, what yes. happened and how many at the time of the movie being released, like how many bodies had been found, and I mean this was released in what was it twenty eighteen, and so we know now right. that yes. more have been found. Um, mm-hmm. But I had noticed too that the author was on the production team, was one of the executive yes. producers. I think he probably passed. Mm-hmm. He passed in twenty seventeen. Okay, well, because I just movie was released. Know that they had had the um, in memory to him. Yes, mm-hmm. but um, it's I just love I have, when the authors has when the author has a, a part in the movie.
1: Um, yes, because you know that the core of it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I do have a quote from him. Oh, great. For Richard Wagamese about the movie. He says, the producers have taken the time to bring unheralded and unknown indigenous actors to the screen. Mm -hmm. And the 52 indigenous speakers, speaking parts are a testament to their devotion to the integrity of the story. I'm proud to have worked with them on this vital project.
0: Oh, Oh, that's great. That makes me happy. I know. Yeah, (laughs) me too. And everyone
2: was like beautiful.
1: Oh oh my God. (laughs) We were literally saying that too (laughs) while we were watching it. The little boy was the cutest little boy you've ever seen
0: in your entire life, and then, and then the middle, the middle kid, before, after he's a little boy, but before he's a big man. Mm -hmm. So what a handsome young man! I know, so
1: handsome, so fucking cute. At one point they are all playing hockey and I was like, Is it just me? Is Virgil really hot? Like, <laughs> it, yeah. well, she, you said it at the end of the movie when oh, he's okay.
0: a, a, a grown adult. Okay.
1: <laughs> so that was not creepy. Well, Virgil was an adult in the Yeah, Virgil was, was yeah, like, it's adult. true,
0: huh? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. true
1: huh? I don't think they changed his actor. Yeah, I think he was an adult. Yeah, Virgil around. was definitely hot. Yeah. Damn. damn. Um
0: and then yeah, adult adult um Saul was also a very handsome man mm-hmm. um
1: I do have just a couple other I had just like I don't know if we want to say this to you later this is like random trivia
2: oh that's but. great I mean we we've hit that it's pretty much the same and yeah. So. yeah I don't
0: I don't really have a whole lot to talk about with the movie I think yeah like we said it's it's pretty much the same story maybe not as graphic or not yeah go into as much detail so if you want the whole story and Can Stomach It,
1: absolutely read the book.
2: Yeah. But yeah, give a, hit us with your trivia.
1: Um, so the first one that I thought was really nice was uh, says, so this is trivia from IMDb, by the way, just so that, you know, if any of this is wrong, it's IMDb's fault, not me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it says, uh, during shooting, the filmmakers honored the culture that they were portraying by allowing elders to launch each shooting day with a smudging and prayer ceremony, which uh-huh. lasted up to 45 minutes. Then there's this random little, like, It says, which lasted 45 minutes and inconvenienced their schedule. Which, like, we could have just left that out. Yeah, you
2: didn't need to (laughs) say, come
1: on.
0: That didn't need to be said. I I think we understand that letting them have 45 minutes at the start of a thing is going to be taken out of their schedule. Yeah. Which is like, okay, yeah. yeah. You don't have
1: to put it (laughs) out. Yeah. (laughs) But okay. Um, Edna Manitowabi, who plays Saul's grandmother, Naomi, Mm -hmm. Um, has first-hand experience of Canada's residential schools.
2: Oh, wow. Uh,
1: when she was six years old, her mother, under threat of arrest, put her on a bus and sent her away to a oh, residential school. That's fucking awful. So again, just kind of highlighting, like, why these stories are so important to mm-hmm. be told, because mm-hmm. these people are still alive. Like, people are still, yeah. you know, affected by the horrific things that happened. And of course, Wagamese's actual parents, the author, his parents were survivals of residential schools
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and i'm sure um because like i said um this was not is not his story this is a fictional story Uh, but when i looked it up because i wanted to because i i I wasn't sure i was like is this like is he like telling his own story in a way here um but yeah it says that he was not in a residential school but he was affected by it Mm -hmm. and um you know, learning that his parents were there and then learning. And then when you're reading the book or when you're reading the book and Virgil's talking about how his parents were there and they don't talk about it. And then like later when he like, when he's he's talking to Saul at the end of the book and he, he, you know, tells him a little bit more about what he'd learned about what his parents had gone through Mm -hmm. now that he's an adult. And he talks about how he like wishes he could just have, what do you say, like 30 minutes in a room alone with them? Yeah. <laughs> with the people that hurt them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm sure that's how the author felt, you know, like yeah. you have just have 30 minutes alone with these people.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and yeah, again, you know, you don't have to have been directly affected by, you know, you don't have to have been a survivor of a residential school for it to affect you. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people today that, you know, whose parents went through it that, you know, are now living with the repercussions of mm-hmm. that trauma.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, um, on the Indian horse website, um, which is just Indianhorse.ca um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of information about the, the movie and the book. Um, there's also a section that provides information about residential schools and includes resources for survivors. So I just oh, felt like oh, that's good. a good yeah. thing to know. Um, In case anybody wants more information on that or they themselves um, need any type of uh, support for that.
1: Yeah. And again, it's just highlighting how important these projects are. Like, you know, ultimately, movies, books, these are meant for, you know, entertainment. And um, Mm -hmm. all a lot of times it's just kind of viewed that way. But there's so many important stories to tell. Yes. And being able to have a
0: medium like like a book or a movie like this is mm-hmm. such a great way to tell those stories.
1: Yeah, to a lot of people, to like a oh yeah wide range, you know? So it's just, it's rough. It's so hard to get through and it sucks. But I feel because of that, because it's so rough, it, these stories just need to be mm-hmm. told. Mm-hmm. And people need to hear them. People need to listen. People need to empathize so that we can, you know, so that this shit never happens again
2: yeah absolutely. and just the authenticity uh too of just how they approached production and like you like you said with the the indigenous voices as well, and just the authenticity yeah. of of that I think was really important to not whitewash this in any way and not shy away from the reality of it for the sake of. Putting like making a good movie or whatever, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or trying to kind of protect the feelings of the audience of a certain group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, All right. One, so I think the overall. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, no. Okay. I was going to say one thing just because I found it on the Indian horse website. Um, one of the producers, Christian, Christine Habler, um, the producer of the movie had, um, said that um the filming experience changed lives it changed the way many of the crew from toronto bc quebec and other places experienced indigenous culture and it created new opportunities for many indigenous people within the communities they were shooting in so you know not only are they educating they themselves i think were educated like the production team they educated others and it sounds like provided opportunities and jobs for the indigenous people in the communities in which they were shooting, so like, yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I do just want to know all the, aside from being absolutely beautiful, all the indigenous actors were so good. Oh yeah, so the acting good. itself was so amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I know we didn't get too much into the movie just because it's again it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty spot on when it comes to just kind of the general story. Um, again, maybe not all the gory details, which it, I is not the worst thing you know <laughs> um but yeah it was a very well made movie um and yeah all the acting was great the it is a good movie to watch if you can read the book i would probably recommend reading the book um but yeah if support you know indig- indigenous creators indigenous actors and watch the movie yeah
2: yep um yeah. it feels uh i don't know if it just because of the importance of the story i don't know how much we how much importance we want to place on the Rotten Tomatoes score, but you know that's something that we always <laughs> talk about. <laughs> so um, yeah, I didn't even look it up. I didn't yeah, did you know. I mean, <laughs> I I hadn't until just right now. Um, okay. So it looks oh. okay. Yeah, so the tomato meter Rotten Tomatoes score was eighty. Okay, that's not bad.
0: It's not no. bad.
1: It definitely deserves higher, but yeah, absolutely not.
0: Bad. Bad. <laughs> yeah, I think it sounds like our. General Consensus is great book, tough to get through, but, yeah. great, but super well told. Yep. Movie, also very well done and, you know, supported our Indigenous people, which I think is number one, the most important thing.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely.
0: Well thanks for listening and yeah. um thanks for being on this sad depressing <laughs> yeah yes.
1: <laughs> i think next book we do should be it's fun let's go happy, happy happy yeah because <laughs> yeah, this, this one was rough oh it
0: was so hard but but again so grateful that we had the opportunity to read watch and talk about it yeah absolutely yeah same
2: well until
0: right. next time we'll
1: then go ahead and- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> next we'll let time. y'all know later what what book we're doing what light fun book we're doing next <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't think we've come to the, <laughs> the decision quite yet yeah follow but, yeah. us on
0: all the socials to get that information yeah and um
1: and uh, we'll see uh, rate, review one. let people know that's how we grow as a podcast so yeah
0: oh yes Thank please you. thanks bye yeah
1: love you guys bye
0: oh where's my mouse where's my mouse
2: oh there it is